Hello and welcome again to NL Full Time. I'm Rob Worrell and in this podcast we're going to preview the National League North and the National League South. So bursting at the seams with quality and input and incisive comment that we just couldn't get it all into one podcast. So we're going to do the North and the South on their own and Dickie Wharton you're going to be delighted because how many times through the season do we say, Dickie, can can you go at the end? Can we do the North at the end? We're not <laughs> going to do the National League North first. And uh, uh, first, of course, we have to deal with... Uh, um, we have got Joe here as well. Sorry, Joe. Could I, uh, Joe Pope from the Off The Line blog. All right, Joe? Yeah, thanks for know. having me back again. Yeah, and I know you've got plenty of insight on the National League North as well, so you're going to very much input into this. But Dickie, just to deal with the elephant in the room, you're in the room, but your team's not in the room anymore, is it? And this is uh, going to be a bit of an odd season for the National League North for you, isn't it? You're going to keep a close eye on it, but sadly Telford not in it. Yeah, but I'll be keeping an eye on it in the hope that, um, you know, um, I'll have an idea of what we're coming back to in 12 months' time. But, of course, no guarantees around that. It's uh, Southern League Premier Central for us next season. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we are where we are. Um, looking forward to the uh, a different challenge. Um, and, yeah, the rebuild's underway. So, um, yeah, just hoping we can get back there soon. All right, just to be clear, if you clicked on this podcast and you're wondering where the National League is, that's in its very own separate preview. Uh, both podcasts will be out uh, within the next day or two as we speak on Sunday evening. Um, but what I'm going to do on this one, I'm going to give you both one club to give me. And hopefully uh, uh, hopefully you won't give me the same club because you'll be going second, Joe, in this one. Dickie, I'm giving you 50 quid, a metaphorical 50 quid. Um and you can go and chuck it on one team to win the National League North this season. Who are you going to put your money on? I'm finding it very hard to look past Scunthorpe United, I have to say. Um, and I suspect that might be something that Joe says also. Um, I think you just have to look at the, uh, the the quality that they've brought in over the summer and then the, the quantity of signings they've made over the summer. You might have a question about whether, you know, how, how well and how long it might take them to bed in. But when, you, when you're talking about, um, for the level we're talking about, which is largely semi-professional, uh, they're going to be a f- professional outfit. And when you look at some of the players they've signed, they should be able to hit the ground running, I have to say. Joe, I guess you're probably going to concur with that, but you get to concur with that and give me another team. So it's looking good. <laughs> yeah, um, I will concur with that. Um, I think some of the players they've brought in are far too good for the level. Callum Roberts is the standout, albeit again, another player who has that circle above their head of if they're fit. Um, and he's got an injury like, already. Yeah, sounds like he's already injured. Um, so that's uh, going to be a big blow. Um if I have to put another team in the mix, um, I can't decide between two, so it might have to be 25 quid on each. Um, but I don't want to sit on the fence. I don't want to do an Aaron McLean and sit on the fence. So I'm going to pick one of the team. And it's a team which I said to you a couple of weeks back, Rob, that I thought would do well. Um, and you said, really? And I'm still going to bat them. And that's Hereford. Um I, I really, really like the project that's being put together there uh, by Paul Callis. I was a little bit concerned at the back end of last season when 
uh, he came in, uh, inexperienced young manager. Uh, but, I mean, the players that he's brought in this summer uh, really, really excite me. Uh, he's brought in uh, lots of experience in the back line. Uh, Jordan Cranston, uh, a player that's, uh, I think, uh, well, he got promoted last year of AFC Fylde. Uh, Kyle Halkins took a year out, but I think he'll be back with a vengeance this season. Uh, and obviously one that Dickie knows well in Nathan Cameron. Uh, I think he's still a, a fairly solid centre-half. Uh, for the level um, up front, I really like the signing of Jason Cowley from Stourbridge. Uh, I think he potentially uh, might be my pick for for top goal scorer in the division. Um, really like him. Um, and then they've brought in a couple of people around there that I'm really f- uh, real big fans of. Kobe Arthur, uh, one that we all know in the, the National League, uh, let go by Maidenhead. Uh, he kind of fits in anywhere you need him. Uh, they've brought in real pace in Stanley and Abonum on the wing uh, that actually signed for Russia Olympic, supposedly, at the start of the season and then signed for Hereford instead. Um, they've brought in uh, two really exciting midfielders, Oreo Chisera uh, and Lasana Mendes um, and uh, a young goalkeeper in Curtis Pond. And I think it's always difficult when a young manager comes in. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I really, really like the look of this this team. Um, you know, I think it's going to be young, exciting. Uh, there will be a little bit of experience in there as well. Uh, but I think if I'm not going to put 50 quid on Scunthorpe, who are my pick, I'll, I'll go for Hereford. Fair enough. And uh, do you want to mention then the other team that you uh, were splitting them with? Yeah, uh, my other 25 quid would be on Chester. Um, I think most people will probably have them up in the mix uh, for promotion. Uh, they have lost a couple of players, lost Kurt Willoughby, uh, most most notably. Um, but I think the, the couple of players that they've brought in uh, since can... I think, propel there, not perhaps to the, the level of Kurt Willoughby last season, but uh, I think Zach Goodson could actually be one that Altrincham come back in and regret letting go. Um, and they've brought in a couple of good players in and around that. Joel Taylor from Wildstone's one I like. Um, and again, another player that, if he's kept fit, could be really good in, in George Glendon. Uh, he's had time out and if he gets back then I can't see much past a uh, Elliot Whitehouse Declan Weeks and uh, George Blender midfield has been uh, the best Alright Dickie that covers Hereford and uh, Chester by all means uh, in your next bit add anything on them if you wish to but uh, if I was to now give you an evens bet on someone else to uh, let's say guaranteed finishing the playoffs if not chase for the title uh, where would that where would that uh, 25 quid or 50 quid go? <laughs> I don't know. And this is where it's starting to get tricky. I say Scunthorpe are, are, are such strong favourites. Um, I'm not so sold on the on on Chester and Hereford. I think they'll 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 certainly be competitive. I think they'll probably could well be playoff sides again, but I'm not not not, not got such strong feeling about them as Joe. As for the rest, I'm not entirely sure i've got the bookmakers odds in front of me and i mean they've got king's lynn at 11 to 1 and i look at the, the players that have left king's lynn um and you know just have my concerns that they're going to be able to uh to rebuild the, you know the, the team they've had in the past they've lost players like michael clunan who is absolutely central to their success he's gone to scunthorpe ironically um that's going to be difficult boston united are quite high in the betting but they've 
got a very young side. They've gone to a more hybrid model this season, but I think you can see in the recruitment over the summer by Ian Culverhouse that it's that it is younger players. Um, possibly those players who are who are keen to take a step back into the professional game if they can. So um I, I, I certainly think it's a um you can see why they've gone for that model, but I can also see that I also know that there are other clubs that have gone similarly for that in the past and it hasn't worked out. So, um, yeah, it's a really tough one for me to actually to, to, to say who I think would be contenders amongst who's left there. I like this look of the signings that Spennymore Town have made. I have to say, I wouldn't necessarily say a playoff side, but I think after a couple of middling seasons, I think under Jamie Chandler, new manager there, he's, very experienced. He's been a part of the club midfield player for them for a number of seasons. I think he's freshened things up. I think some of the old guard have moved out there and he's brought in some good young players. Ben Pollock, I saw him collect three of the four player of the season awards at Boston on the last day of the season. He's gone there. Um, I, I think they'll be greatly improved this season. Um, Brackley Town. Brackley Town have had a quite a big turnover. They've got a new manager as well, of course, in Gavin Cowan, who somebody I know very well from his time at Telford. He's actually taken a number of, of people he had at Telford with him too, Brackley. Don McHale, who was a standout at Gloucester, being one of them last season. Um, he's retained some of that old guard as well in the likes of Gareth Dean uh, and James Armson. Um So that's going to be an interesting one to see. I have to say, I think if Brackley don't, make the playoffs there probably is something wrong bearing in mind the, the quality they've got in the squad um, and their previous record <laughs> and their previous record as well but yes I mean um, Cowan came in at the end of last season to help Gareth Dean um, when uh, uh, where Brackley got rid of their their management with just a few weeks of the season left and obviously they saw enough in those last few weeks of the season to to offer him the job permanently um, but he's been out for a little while um, and Rackley's a club. Yes, as much as it's a small village club, it is a club with a big um, reputation at this level. And and they showed in their ruthlessness in getting rid of Kevin Wilkin last season and then getting rid of um, Roger Johnson before the season was out that they weren't content to 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 be just that nice village team that almost gets there but not quite. Um, so I do think there is expectation at Brackley. Be interesting to see how he handles it. All right, Dickie, we'll come back to look at the betting odds again with you when we look at the outsiders and the ones who are expected to struggle. But, Joe, coming back to you, um, some of the you know clubs with slightly higher expectations mentioned there by Dickie. Um, any strong thoughts on any of those clubs he's mentioned? And then one other team that perhaps hasn't been mentioned yet that you think could look good for the playoffs? Uh, yeah, um, Spennymore is, um, you know, that they've got um, Glenn Taylor. Um, so that's always a, a bonus. Um, you know, when they've got him in your side, you, you're going to have a, a safe bet of being in and around the playoffs. Um, and, you know, they have signed a couple of really good players. Obviously, I really like James Montgomery, formerly of Gateshead, one that obviously Dickie knows very well. So uh, I think they they are in good shape. Um, I haven't actually got them in my playoffs. Um so, which uh, may come as a bit of a surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the other team that, the other two teams that I am really sold on, um, uh, one of them is Buxton. Um, and, you know, they, they ended the season really well under Craig Elliott. Um, and sometimes when a manager comes in midway through a season, you think, 
oh yeah, but that's fine. He's only just come in and, you know, they've had a little bit of a bounce, but I actually saw real improvement there. Um, you know, they've added really, really well uh, in the summer. A couple of people that uh, that he knows really well, a couple of former Boston players in in forwards, Jake Wright and, uh, and Jordan Burrow and, and centre-back Luke Shields. Um, they've added real experience in the middle with Curtis Weston, that obviously got promoted last year with AFC Fylde. Um, and they've added a player that I actually think could be one of the best centre-backs in the division in Max Hunt, uh, you know, from, from Yeovil. Um, and on top of that, they had some real experience anyway in their side. Obviously, Connor Brown that got promoted out of the National League with Barrow. They got players in there like Jake Moult and Jack McCourt that I really like. Uh, Connor Kirby uh, did well last season and, and Sam Osborne uh, has you know, been one of the shining stars of the league before. Um, and at the top end of the pitch, which I think may be the decider between who gets in or not, they've got lots of goals. Um, you know, talked about Burrow uh, and uh, and Wright. They've got a, a young forward in Ian McKeon uh, that actually decided to, to leave Tamworth uh, and sign for Buxton, a player that I really like. Uh, and a, a player that uh, that I know well in um, in Scott Bowden, um, uh, that's uh, obviously been through the leagues and uh, and done really well. Um, and and I think they'll be in and around it. The other one that I think every everybody when they put their predictions together, they automatically just discard because they're boring. And that's Alfreton. Uh, you know, everybody just thinks, oh, it's boring football, but it's effective. Uh, and Billy Heath, he knows the division. Uh, you know, he knows how to get a team defending one of the best, um, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the division last term. Uh, one player that they actually signed who I actually missed at the time when they signed him, who I actually think could be one of the best forwards is Ryan Taylor, formerly of Grimsby Town. Uh, I think him alongside Matt Reed uh, could be quite a lethal combo. Uh, certainly uh, full of elbows. And uh, yeah, I think they'll be uh, really, really difficult to play against. There's always about one team in the playoffs that's just a real bugger to play against, you know, really difficult. And, uh, you know, even though they've lost Bailey Hobson to Chesterfield, uh, who's one of their bright stars, I think uh, I think they might whittle their way in. All right. Um, let's clump a group of teams together now if... We may, and uh, if I've got the right four teams anyway, uh, Bishop Stortford, of course, who've been dragged kicking and screaming into the National League North, despite uh, protests uh, that they should have gone into the South. Uh, Rushall Olympic, or Rushall Olympic, and uh, Tamworth and Warrington, are they the four new sides this season? Um, Dickie, I'll come to you first on, on this one. Who do you think will... Fair best of those four, um, and who amongst them might struggle? Um, I would think I saw Tamworth last week, um, and I think they're almost they almost another Alfreton town in the making, I have to say. And that was let's speak into their own goalkeeper, Jazz Singh, who I know said. Um, but he basically said their success last season at the Southern Premier Central came because they were effective in both penalty areas. Um, they knew what to do in both, and they've got some. Um, they've got some big lads in there, and I think Tamworth will be uh, a difficult proposition for quite a lot of people. They have an artificial pitch there as well, of course. So I think they will 
be able to hold their own. Warrington, they've hardly made any signings at all. It looks as if they're pretty much going to go with the group that got them up. But the group that got them up did include a lot of, you know, players like Tom Hannigan, uh, who'd been at Altrincham, uh, Tony Thompson, who was in goal at Altrincham as well. So they almost had a side that was a bit too good to be at step three anyway. So, it, it, you know, um, Mark Beasley, the man, uh, hasn't had to do too much there um, to to make them. Or I think he, he clearly feels that they, they've got enough to be competitive. Rushall, this is a bit of a tricky one. Um, Smashing Club, the Allen family who run Rushall are absolutely super people. Football through and through. Um, and I know they're very excited about, you know, the season ahead. I don't think they're doubting that it's going to be a big challenge for them because they don't get big crowds. Um, and I think the level of investment they can put in is limited, but they have an in, indomitable spirit there at Rushall. It really is a, a very tight-knit family. I know their captain, Richard Batchelor, announced having one promotion that that was it. He was done. He was going to retire. They've managed to persuade him not to do so. Um, they've kept the majority of the players that they had last season who are part of that that group, and they've added one or two others. They've brought on in board Danny Waldron um, from Olverchurch, who scored a lot of goals at Step 3 last season. He was the, he scored both goals that knocked Cheltenham out of the FA Cup, I think it was, when they had that big surprise win in the FA Cup Olverchurch. So... Um, I don't think there'll be anybody anybody's pushovers, and and whilst I know that Rushall are determined to in, enjoy the ride, um, I, I think secretly they'll want to try and do a little bit better than that. You know, they won't want just want it to be a one season wonder. Um, it's difficult with Bishop Stortford because, of course, everybody knows the story behind them, and that you know the 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 feeling that they may struggle because of the extra travelling, etc. You would have to say that that you know that that may well be borne out in what we see, but they could take us by surprise. Um, um, mm. I don't see any of them finishing in the top half of the four sides that have come up. I have to say, um, but if I'd say have to say who was best equipped for it, um, I'm going to say Tamworth. Fair enough, Joe. Any uh, strong thoughts on any of those four new clubs? Um, and any of them that have really caught your eye and that you think have uh, recruited really well? Um, I think both. Just looking at the couple of players that Tamworth have brought in, um, Jordan Cullen Libbard, I think, has gone back there. Um, that's a really good player. Um, obviously the one that's uh, done well at the level before. Um, whilst they lost Ewan McKeon. Uh, they kept Dan Creaney, uh, and he's a real good uh, striker. He should get a couple of goals. Of the four teams, I actually went for Warrington uh, to be the best of the t- of, of those four, only because I think I put them in sort of, not saying that they're going to be in and around the playoffs, I think they will be bottom half. But I see Warrington as another Scarborough, you know, difficult to go to, not nothing special, but are going to be solid. Um, you know, they've talked, uh, Dickie said there, they've got lots of experience in their side. Um, I see they signed Peter Clark yesterday, uh, who's still soldiering on uh, at the back. When you've got a, a squad with a, you know, I'm going to say it again, a strong leadership group of real experience, I think they'll they'll handle the, the step up well. Good stuff. Let's take a little trip up the northeast coast uh, for a moment and group three teams together and get your thoughts on those boys Scarborough, 
Darlington and South Shields. Dicky, you won't be making the trip up to the northeast this year. You normally have a little weekend away, don't you? But uh, of those three sides, who's uh, best equipped this season in the National League? Yeah, this is difficult. Um, Darlington have not done an awful lot as regards transfer business. Um, and probably the, the biggest thing that happened in terms of Darlington was that they lost Jack Lambert, who was such a, a, a good player for them last season. He's gone to Kidderminster Harriers. And, and I think he'll be a big miss for them because I think he gave them um, that, that bit of X factor um that they had you know they had up to sort of like the january transfer window when they lost mark beck they had beck they had hazel and they had lambert and they were an absolute handful then beck went to solihull um hazel and lambert stayed but now only one of the three remains and it's a question of whether they've been able to you know whether where they can find enough goals from what's left there um south shields I believe I'm right when I'm saying, although they were full-time last season, I don't think they're full-time this season. Um, and again, I don't think they've done an awful lot of business. Obviously, they had the change of manager as well in that uh, Kevin Phillips decided not to st- stay on. G- Julio Arca, the former Sunderland player who played for South Shields, he made himself a, 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 a mini legend at another Northeast club after his time at Sunderland. He's gone back there as manager. Um so that's going to be a, a challenging one um, for him as well. So Scarborough. Um... Just like to say at this point, while you just compose your thoughts on Scarborough, a number of us did, didn't they? Struggle last year, didn't we? And uh, they did prove us wrong a little bit last year. They had a really, really good first season at that level. Uh, any thoughts on this, Dickie? Yeah, they did. Um, and they were very unfortunate to miss out on the playoffs. I think on the final day of the season, you know, they, they went into the, the, the the last day of the season, I think in seventh and dropped out on the final day, which I have to say, I did sort of see coming a little bit in the last few weeks of the season, but up to then, you know, they'd been, they'd been terrific. They've lost Kieran Glynn, who was a big factor in their promotion. He's gone to filed Kieran Burton. Uh, they're very distinctive fullback. He scored a lot of goals for them and, and, and uh, he's gone to Hartlepool. They haven't had too much by the way of arrivals. Although I think Frank Mulhern has gone there. He was at Farsley Celtic last season. Um, they've also taken, I think Alex Perver, who was at Darlington. He's gone to Scarborough as well. So, um, I think Scarborough will be competitive again. Um, uh, I think Glenn's a big miss for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. But I certainly think Scarborough are top half side um, and they should be looking to try and go a bit better than they did last season of actually get into those playoff places and stay there. How about this season? They stay outside the playoffs all season. <laughs> and on the last day of the season, they jump into them. Listen, I'm sorry, Blythe Spartans fans. No trip to the Northeast would have been quite right without uh, including you. So I'm going to put Blythe in another little group of three as we come to you for your first thoughts on, on these ones, uh, Joe, because uh, you're going to take Blythe and then you're going to drop down to somewhere where you're going to have less of a nosebleed Two sides in their second season in the National League North, uh, a little bit further south, Banbury and Peterborough Sports. Uh, far away on those three, and if Dickie wants to come back, he's welcome. Yeah, well, I think, you know, every season that Blythe are at this level, uh, it gets harder and harder, um, and I think that will be the case again. Um, I don't think they've added a great deal, um, and, you know, that's always the worry with Blythe is, 
it's always a struggle anyway. And if you don't add quality, you're going to struggle even more so. Um, and I have got them in my bottom four again. Um, I, I think it's it is a little bit of a lazy one, but I I just genuinely can't see when you look at some of the other teams and they've got their you know goal threats throughout their side and top level experience. I don't see that with with Blythe, uh, with Banbury, um, an interesting one. You know they've lost Andy Wing, they've lost a couple of their players. Obviously they lost one or two at the back end of last season. Um, and they lost their, I would say, their best player in Gio Rizzolo. Uh, has gone to St Albans. He was brilliant in midfield. Um, and, you know, our, their manager, Mark Jones, is someone that I really like, um, but is trying to uh, trying to ruin my reputation of, cons- given how much I talk him up, he keeps going everywhere and doing pretty poor. Uh, so I hope he doesn't do that again. Um, we... Have finally, as Dickie says, we've we've finally got another Love Island connection for the podcast in uh, Love Island winner Finn Tap uh, signing for Banbury, obviously a player that he had at Oxford City. Um, but I think they made no um, they made no uh, secret of the fact that they are going to struggle for money. Uh, you know, they're going to have to add really good um, and not just you know add well but find perhaps value further down uh, that can make that step up. Uh, one player that I really like, um, and you know I don't want to say it again for the sake of this sounding like casualty, uh, but it's another player who I think needs to try and stay fit again, uh, and that's Lawson Diath, uh, who signs from Yeovil. He'll add some experience in the middle. Peterborough Sports. Um, yeah, I-, I backed them last year to be top half, um, and... Uh, you know, good start and fizzled out. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit like Scarborough came up, lots of momentum. Um, obviously didn't, uh, they didn't stay stick around at the top like Scarborough did, but, um, yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. They've lost a couple of players, obviously lost a couple of people at the back end of last season. Dion Sembi Ferris, the, uh, the most noticeable one. He goes to, Sc- uh, to Scunthorpe, uh, at the back end of the season. Uh, obviously lost their manager, Jimmy Dean, as well. Um, but they have got a couple of people there that I really like. Uh, Jordan Nicholson in midfield is one that usually gets stuck in and uh, adds some quality, some goals and assists. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Luke Steele is now uh, on the coaching staff, so he'll be looking to draw upon his contacts within the game to uh, get one or two really good signings in. Um, of those three teams... Um, I would probably put Peterborough Sports as the highest of those three. Um, however, I don't think I'm going to be on any Christmas card lists because I have got all three virtually in the bottom four. Okay. Dickie, um, please add any thoughts on those three clubs if you wish to. But before we complete the National League North with five more clubs still to look at, just give us a, a feel for those odds. Uh, who's Who are the rank outsiders in the division? Um, well, favourites to go down, uh, the, it's uh, Rushall Olympic and Farsley Celtic are both priced at 100. Well, they're priced at 100 to 1 to win the title, which is the longest odds to win the title. So you'd figure that they are the relegation favourites. Peterborough Sports and Blythe, who uh, we've just mentioned, they're both 80 to 1. Warrington, Southport, Bishop Stortford, Banbury at 50s. Um, and then, yeah, we're getting into that middle group then of of 
teams I imagine we're going to come on to, the likes of Gloucester City, Curzon Ashton, etc. Exactly that, yeah. So um, let's take them a little bit geographically. We'll uh, we'll come back to Farsley and Gloucester to finish, but uh, Chorley, Curzon and Southport, sort of Liverpool, Manchester kind of uh, area. Um, what uh, what do you make of, of of their hopes for this season? Uh, a, a fam- familiar player, uh, excuse me, a familiar face is back at Chorley, Dickie. Yes, he is, uh, Jamie Vermiglio. Um, but he's back as Chorley as the chairman, which is a very interesting development. Um, I suppose having um, held all the positions at Chorley that he has up to now, um, there aren't too many left if he's going to keep on going higher. So he's now chairman of the club. Uh, I'm a bit concerned, I have to say, in Chorley in that, you know, they've had a, a number of departures. Well, departures. We've, we, I mentioned John Ishtabashi in the, the National League preview. He's gone to Foyle. Connor Hall's gone to Solihull Moors. Uh, fullback Matt Challen has gone. Scott Leather, who's been such a reliable servant for him, he's actually taking a, a break away from the game. So um, he's just not playing anywhere. I think he's got a young family and wanted to to concentrate and spend some time with them. And the, I think the thing that concerns me a bit around Chorley is the fact that the club has been bought and the club has been taken over but that hasn't coincided with any particular sort of like levels of investment on the playing side of things. I think that would be a worry to me in that, you know, what signal does that give about the, the intentions of the new owners? We have already got some misgivings around them, given that sort of like the, um, the, the, the type of things that they are involved in. You know, it's, I've, I've talk about cryptocurrency being acceptable for buying a pie in the the magpie's nest at Chorley, etc. It just seems a very incongruous fit with a Lancashire traditional Lancashire town like Chorley. I just don't know how that's going to work, and and that and that just gives me again at that further sort of feeling that something might have to give there at Chorley. I don't think they'll be in contention for the playoffs like they have been in previous seasons. Um, because Ashton, they've um, they've ended okay in the summer, I think. Uh, I know Jamie Allen, who was at Telford last season, we were talking about Love Islanders. He's gone to Curzon Ashton. Um, just having a, a look on their list, they did lose Josh Hancock and Tom Pierce, who were good scorers for them. Um, you mentioned Southport. One of their few additions is Chris Renshaw, the goalkeeper from Curzon Ashton. Um, Hayden Campbell's another player who's gone from Curzon Ashton. He went to Macclesfield with Piers. They've added, um, well, they brought back Cam Mason in goal for Curzon Ashton, who was uh, such a good performer for them. Stefan Moles, midfielder from, from Warrington, Spanish midfielder, and Miles Storey, who is released from Hereford. So... I wouldn't say that they've added as as good a players as the ones that they've lost, but I, you always bet against uh, you. You write off Kurs National at your peril in this division. I think there's too many people think that they are, you know, make weights and also runs. Well, that they've been make weights and also runs at a very very good level for seven eight years now. So I think you know you're you're a bit daft if you if you write them off. Southport again, not too much. I've mentioned there, Renshaw's going there. They've signed Harry Flowers from Telford, um, um, on the back of Telford's relegation. They've also taken Marcus Carver back to the club on a season long loan from Scunthorpe. Um, so he should add some goals for them. Um, I think, you know. I think it'll be bottom half, but top half of the bottom half for Southport at best, I would think. Mm, decent. Good stuff. 
And Joe, I know you'll be itching to come in as we wrap up the National League North. A couple of clubs we haven't really considered too much. We just touched on Farsley, Celtic, um, and also Gloucester City as well. Thoughts on uh, how they're looking for the new season? Yeah, well, um, Farsley's an interesting one uh, because they've appointed, I believe, Clayton Donaldson as their manager uh, for the new season, which is uh, rather odd. Um, he could probably do a job for them up front at the moment. And um, I think yeah, he is going to play, as far as I know. It it it, it almost feels like there's they're they're sort of doing it by committee. There seems I think Donaldson is the main man, but then they look to have about another two or three who are helping him as well. Yeah, so that that that's going to be a really interesting one to see that 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 the, the dynamic there. Um, but they have added one or two players of quality. Um, I think I saw uh, Darren Stevenson's come in, and he's someone that's been in and around the uh, the National League North for a long time. Um, they've also added, uh, obviously, we talked about Clayton Donaldson, a uh, player called uh, George Smith that's also uh, played at a higher level as well. Um, and as for Gloucester, um, I mean, I... If there's ever a team that I want to do well, it's Gloucester because they've probably got my favourite forward line of any team in the whole three National League teams uh, divisions uh, in, in Danny Wright, uh, who will be perfect for Gloucester's, perhaps let's say, more Route 1 style under uh, Tim Flowers, um, a player that Tim Flowers had at Solihull Moors, uh, one of my favourites uh, from Torquay. Uh, and alongside him, they've added a player that... Um, if there was anyone that I would have liked Torquay to sign this summer, it would have been Harry Williams, uh, a player that I really like. Uh, and uh, those two should score goals. Um, and Tim Flowers has done a Tim Flowers. You know, he's he's built a team that are solid, physical, uh, you know, fairly route one. They aren't going to give a lot away. Uh, I know I saw quite a few players have come across from Chippenham. Uh, Joe Hanks uh, and a couple others, uh, Hamilton as well, being uh, come across. Um, and they've also added Jamie Record uh, from Yeovil, another one that uh, has played under Tim Flowers before at Solihull. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've got Gloucester sort of mid-table uh, and I'm unsure still on Farsley, but I haven't got them going down. I think they've added uh, two or three players of quality that uh, should allow them to keep their head above water. Good stuff, guys. Well, uh, talking of record, we're going to put a different record on very shortly. And we're going to look at the National League South. If you see somebody showing any of the signs of a stroke, you don't have to think about it. You just dial 999. Use the FAST test. F. Face. Has their face fallen on one side? Can they smile? A. Arms. Can they raise both arms and keep them there? S. Speech. Is their speech slurred? T. Time. Time to call 999 if you see any one of these signs. Act fast, make the call, dial 999. Okay, then, the National League South, Joe. And I think there's only one, with respect to the other, let me do the maths, 17 teams. There's the team, there's the League of 24 this season, Joe, isn't there? And then there's another League of Seven, is that right? (laughs) Yeah, um, I would say so. I think there's seven, um, I would say, strong teams. Uh, at the top, really strong teams. What I'm talking about is the league within the league. Um, when anybody's uh, getting on the bus this season to go to an away game, it's a one in three chance that they're heading to the southwest. 
Yeah, um, it's great for me. Um, I've already planned the games that I'm going to, um, and I should be pushing the 40 mark this season. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into uh, the, the southwest football. Um, obviously, you've got Torquay and Yeovil that we'll obviously talk, come on to talk about a lot because they'll be the two favourites. Uh, you've got newly promoted Truro and Western Supermare, who I'm really um, excited and intrigued to see how they get on. Uh, and then you've got that little uh, cluster of teams, Taunton uh, and Weymouth, uh, who managed to avoid the drop last season, and, and Bath, who, um, you know, I wouldn't say gone a little bit flat, but they kind of have lost their momentum of a couple of years ago when they were in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, it's certainly uh, good if you're a Southwest fan. Lots of local derbies. Yeah, maybe they'll be reignited this season. So, uh Okay, Joe, I know you and I see one thing very differently, and that is, um, you know, our predictions for the season. I refuse to even do them almost at this point still. Um, In terms of uh, listeners, our our actual uh, predictions on the template that we'll do with point scoring and everything, um, I'm making the deadline next Friday, you know, because things can still happen. Um, But you've had a strong feeling for quite a while now that one team in particular are going to win the National League South. You've nailed your colours to the mast. Tell us who it is. Well, it's going to be close. Um, I'm not sitting on the fence and absolutely am sitting on the fence. Um, And it's very much a flip of the coin. Um, The way I see it at the moment, um, and the reason Rob gave the big intro is because at the start of the the pre-season and even at the end of last season, I nailed my colours to the mast that Yeovil Town would win the league. Um, and the way that I go about doing my predictions is is that at the start of pre-season, I always pick one team who I think will win each league and use the rest of pre-season to see whether or not I find anyone that I think would do better than them. Um, and I did have Yeovil Town. And sort of two trains of thought, there's a lot of similarities between the two. And I think there are a couple of differences, which I think could be the difference. Um, Both have got experienced managers, both are full time, both have got very good backing financially and in terms of fans. Both teams will claim that they've got real top goal scorers. Uh, Talkie have obviously added Brad Ash and kept Aaron Jarvis. Yeovil have added Frank Nubel and Jake Hyde, as well as a return for Reese Murphy. Um, both teams kind of play similar styles. Um, Yeovil's is more of a uh, concrete 5-2-2-1, uh, that box midfield, um, whereas Torquay sort of play more so uh, with wing-backs and two forwards. Um, both teams have a core of injury-prone players. Uh, Yeovil with Josh Staunton and Reese Murphy, as well as Jake Hyde. And Torquay have the likes of Asa Hall, Kevin Dawson, who's not even played a minute yet of pre-season, and Dean Moxie, who only made his return at the weekend. Um, I think it's going to be very close. Um, The differences that I think could be the deciding factor is, I look at Torquay, they've gone for the approach of consistency. They've kept a large squad together. They've added only a couple of players, Brad Ash and Finn Krask, as well as youngster Will Jenkins-Davis, whereas Yeovil are coming at it from the view of 
sort of a rebuild, lots of new players in. Um, and I think that could swing it in Torquay's favour. I think for Yeovil, there's two factors that I'm really not sold on, which could hamper them. One is the ownership. Um, obviously, they've had a takeover completed, but I'm still, I'd still like the benefit of seeing what Martin Hellier will do long term, um, because so far it's all been roses. You know, so far he hasn't had anything bad to overcome. How will he react to that? And the other thing is Josh Staunton. You know, very much last year, the focal figure. Um, obviously, the drop down in divisions means that Yeovil will actually lose Josh Staunton. He cannot play on any 3G pitch this season. Um, so if he's going to be a starter, he'll be having to come out every other week. Um, and that would potentially also put it in Torquay's favour. My gut is that Torquay will win it, um, which is different to what I said to Rob a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm. And the only reason being, I, I watched, I've watched both teams in pre-season. I watched Yeovil in the week against Newport County. I thought they were absolutely excellent uh, against a Newport team that I imagine we will be covering next season on the podcast, who were absolutely atrocious. Um, but I think Torquay will win it and I think the factor that will push it in their favour is the consistency of personnel from last season. And tomorrow I'll be saying Yeovil. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. It is, it's a difficult one for you, Joe. I know that you've swung both ways, as it were, on that one. Um, you haven't really mentioned the, the, the words Gary and Johnson. I know that you've felt strongly that it was time for him to move on, but you had to accept that he is staying. And then you had to look at the fact that he has won that division before with that club. Um, and he believes in a lot of those players that he's got. They may have struggled at National League level and he may not keep them or use them again if he gets back up, but he thinks they're good enough for the National League South. So we'll wait and see. If it's not too controversial, we will address the elephant in the room. It still doesn't feel quite right, does it, at Yeovil? Um, you know, there's some very public squabbling going on between uh, uh, Hellier and, and, and the Uglers who were looking like they were going to be taking Yeovil forward and now settled in at York and, uh, and, and spending plenty of money up there. Yeah, absolutely. It's all been a sweet ride for Hellier. You know, he comes in, the main man, you know, he sorted the club out. He's got them on an upward trajectory as well. Lots of optimism, lots of positivity. We have, He hasn't had to do anything to rea react to a, a failure or, or a bad moment. You know, if Mark Cooper loses a couple of games, is he going to come suddenly come out and be uh, wanting wholesale change? We don't know. Um, having spoken to him a couple of times during pre-season um, and also having spoken to the other fighter in this camp, so to speak, uh, in Ugla. Um, I do have confidence that Helia will get Yeovil competing at the top and that they will be good going forward. Um, but we don't know yet until the season kicks off. All right, Dick, you put us out of our misery. Joe's literally squirming here. He doesn't know which way to go. He's, his gut's saying talky, his head's saying Yeovil. What's the bookmakers saying? What do they know? 
Well, they have Torquay as the favourites at the moment. They're, uh, they're ten to three with the uh, the bookmakers that I'm looking at here. Yeovil's second favourites on seven to two. So there's not an awful lot in it. Um, it is neck and neck between those two, but they are the two clear favourites for the National League South. Based on that, right. I mean, when you know you think about the the size of the fan bases, the two clubs, and the money that that has perhaps been staked by those, it's not a surprise. No, no. But uh, you can help shape the next little section, Dickie. Uh, what are the odds of the next three teams? And then we'll get Joe to uh, give his thoughts on them. And who are they? Right. The next three in my list, or the next three according to the list, I've got Eastbourne Borough, nine to one, and then two at 12s, which are Farnborough and one of the teams relegated last season, Maidstone. OK, interesting that, because... Uh, Funnily enough, two of those three teams I've seen in pre-season. But uh, we'll get uh, we'll get your thoughts first, Joe, as our resident National League South expert, Eastbourne, Farnborough and Maidstone. Have you got any of those in your top seven? Uh, I have. Uh, I've got one of them, um, which perhaps might be a real surprise. Um I've made a right hash of the South before, so I might as well make a hash of it again. Um, but I've got one of them, and that's Farnborough. Um, I think they've lost a couple of players. You know, they've lost Mason Bloomfield. They've lost Kevin Locko. Uh, and they've lost Jonathan Page, um, that did really well last season on loan from Fulham. Um, I think he got released, and he hasn't gone anywhere, so I wouldn't be surprised if he returns. However... I really like the players they've brought in. Uh, a couple of players, Rob, that obviously you know. Joe Partington's gone there. Um, they've also brought in Ryan Upward that was at Maidenhead. Um, so they've brought in experience. They've brought in Sid Nelson as well that was at Woking. Yeah, Adam Mecky. Adam Mecky as well. Um, and also a striker that knows where the back of the net is in Alfie Pavey. Um, and they retained a good core um, of players from last season. Um, and just before, Joe, just before we we, we we move on and talk about those other two, um, I did catch the Farnborough against Aldershot pre-season friendly. And what a feisty game it was. After the game, I caught up with the Farnborough manager, Spencer Day. Lively pre-season friendly this evening with the shots. Neighbours from up the road, good relations between the clubs and... Never a guess how lively it was on the pitch out there. <laughs> entertaining game, entertaining game. It was a, in some ways, it was a real national league game. You know, there was there wasn't a lot in it. There, there wasn't many chances. You know, real battle, lots of discussion points, and uh, yeah, very entertaining. Thankfully, no injuries. I certainly for us and after last Saturday, and I don't think any for all the shots. So that's all you're really looking for at this stage. So a, re- a really good workout. So it's 12th in the end last season. Um, flirted with the idea of the playoffs towards the end, but maybe it was too many games too soon, a few injuries at the wrong time for you, but a great run in the FA Cup as well. Ultimately, you finished eight points off of the playoffs. Um, is that kind of what you're targeting in terms of an improvement this year to try and get yourself in that mix? No, I mean, look, we were, I think in the last week in the season, we had a chance of making the playoffs. Um, we were, what, one point off the playoffs with four games in hand with three weeks to go. But the game's caught up with us, unfortunately. Like, every team gets injuries, but ours just all came at the same moment. And we just couldn't cope with the squad size, unfortunately. So it, it ended up, you know, with a bit of a whimper, I'm afraid, the last month, which is very disappointing. But, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be very conscious of this division this year. You know, when you're talking about Yeovil and Torquay and Maidstone 
and Western Supermere and, you know, massive, massive clubs. Um, you know, it's, it's probably the toughest that the National South's ever been. So, you know, I'm just looking at August the 5th at the moment and, you know, get the cliches out of the way. Let's get to 50 points as fast as we can and, and see where we are because there's so many teams that will think they can be in it. But we're up against an awful lot of full-time pro sides, massive clubs, huge attendances and... We're a tiny, you know, tiny fish in a very, very big pond. But, you know, you know, I think you saw tonight the club's come so far in many years. We've had a couple of promotions and the growth of the club is, is really steady in very difficult times. So, so many pluses and, and everybody's enjoying it, which is what you want. Now, that was uh, Spencer Day, the Farnborough manager, but he wasn't the only person I caught up with that night. It was an absolute pleasure to sit down for five minutes and chat to somebody I've known for many, many years. I used to work with him uh, back in the day at DHL. Uh, and we both uh, got involved in running the DHL national football team as well. These days, he's chairman of Farnborough, and uh, that's Simon Gardner. Just looking back first, Simon, first season back at National League South level, um, and looking at it from the outside in, you established yourselves in the division, had a nice run in the FA Cup. What was your take on your first season back? Yeah, no, pretty much uh, you hit the nail on the head there. We um, we. Come obviously back into the National League South on the back of uh, getting promoted. Uh, our goal was always to try and continue the momentum. Um, so we set the the first target we set was fifty points. That's what we felt would be if we get fifty points. Very rarely does a team go down with fifty points. So that was the goal, and and to be fair, we reached that just after Christmas. So which meant there was a lot of pressure off the playing side. Um, which I think you could tell because the FA Cup kicked in. And uh, as people know, um, we had quite a good FA Cup run. Um, winning Victory the at Sutton and then yeah. gave a good account of yourselves up at the race course. Wrexham, yeah, that, there was a 77 minutes and my phone rang and it was one all. And it's the BBC asking that if the squad stayed the same, would I be able to attend Anfield on the Monday to be on the live draw? So when Wrexham scored, I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> um, but pe- people said, no, we're giving a good account of ourselves. So we, no, not because of that, but because of... Uh, like, I'm not going to get on the BBC now. But no, all jokes. I, I think it's a tremendous uh, season. Um, it's taken us a long while to get back up here, but we've done it the right way, which is always the most important thing, I think. Again, from the outside looking in, one wondered, because you were in such good form in the league and at one point with the games in hand you had, it looked like playoffs was a real possibility, but it just fell away a little bit towards the end. Was it too many games in too short a period and too many injuries? Yeah, the same again. Um, we actually got ourselves into playoffs and we felt confident that we could, we could stay in there. But when you pick up injuries with key players and the squad that we had last year um, within our budget, um, meant that we, the boys that were coming on, and not being disrespectful, but it wasn't up to the standard of the boys that were missing. Uh, but we, we still again, we were losing 3 2, 2 1, 1 0. So we wasn't, wasn't getting beat. Um, and then, hand on heart, of course, we want to go. We wanted to be in the playoffs. We wanted to challenge. We wanted to go. Everybody does. But you got to look at it and think, you know, okay, well, let's learn from that now. We kept within our means and let's see if we can kick on and do the same again this year and uh, that was 66 points 12th place I think it was 8 points off the playoffs in the end so you see what the likely margin for improvement would be to, to try and reach them this season um, and uh, you brought some, some good players in I think notably Pavey and 3 or 4 others as well um, looking forward to the new season oh very much so very much so fixtures haven't been kind to us 
Uh, Torquay on a Tuesday, followed by Saturday away to Braintree. I don't think we can go from top to bottom uh, in the space of four days. It's going to be a bit testing, but it's the same for every team. Every team's got to make them journeys home and away. Maybe not every Tuesday and Saturday. Torquay away on a Tuesday is a bit disappointing. thought that could have been rearranged for a Saturday. But it is what it is. Our supporters are looking forward to it. Um, we're looking forward to it. Spencer's putting a good team together. Um, as you said about the players we've brought in. And we, we still haven't stopped. We're still out there looking, you know, for some some more. Um, but same again. It's, it's going to be more players that we can afford. We can't start spending money that we haven't got because I think this club's had a history of doing that, which um, is a famous old saying, but not on my watch. <laughs> We're not doing that. Um, we had a match on Saturday against Wilsonone. Uh, in memory of uh, one of our supporters that passed away, having been a supporter of this football club for 50 years, uh, Andy Smart, well-known uh, mm-hmm. locally, uh, done the comedy circuit, been all around the world, um, put a little plaque up. He was, um, I was at his funeral, and his widow's last words were, he's done everything, he's done bobsleigh, he's chased cheese down the side of mountains, he's done everything, he's been everywhere around the world, but his dream was to do live commentary uh, for his football club and Farnborough made his dream come true. So what we're doing, out of respect and out of memory for Andy, is we're, um, we are uh, trying to raise money for crisis. Uh, all the information is on our website. Um, I know we're so-called rivals, but we are in the same sort of bar. We're, we're close clubs. And I've, I think, that, you know, uh, since I've come to Farnborough, I've got on really well with Aldershot and I'd like to think that it's the same. You know, Shahid's been fantastic to me and Terry and now you've got Tommy as a manager. Um, I wish you all the best for next year. I really do because you're not you're not in direct competition with us. Mm. So you've got to support your local teams. That was Simon Gardner. So Farmer have had a big old chunk of our time on this uh, podcast preview. We wish them well. They... They looked like they were going to make those playoffs last year and uh, just had too many games left and not enough fit players at the end of the season. But uh, they may very well make it into the top uh, seven this season. Joe thinks so. I think so. What about Eastbourne and Maidstone? I had a look at Eastbourne, Joe, pre-season. They actually beat Aldershot 1-0. I think it was Aldershot's only defeat in pre-season. Very, very, uh, you know, for a side that's got a new manager in uh, Beardy, uh, who's obviously left um, Dorking. Um, you know, they looked incredibly well drilled and organised. And uh, I don't think they particularly impressed me going forward. Um, but um, they look quite solid and hard to break down. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark Beard obviously was uh, as at Dorking, a uh, good coach. Um, and I expect that they will, will show that on the field this term. Um, another under new ownership. Um and another side that are actually full-time, uh, not only Torquay and Yeovil that are the two full-time teams, Eastbourne have also gone full-time. Um, and it's it's a difficult one because I've seen a lot, I, you know, when I do my predictions, I, I also like to see what the fans are saying um, and, you know, perhaps allow that to shape what I think as well. And I've seen quite a lot of people saying that Eastbourne are potentially title challenges, which I think is absolutely mental. Um, I I do like a couple of players in their side. Um, I think uh, Shiloy Remy uh, is, well, I mean, you know, we talked, we sung his praises last season. I think he can be really, really good. Uh, I really like the addition of Jack Paxman. 
one that I wanted Torquay to, to make. Uh, and Bradley Barry, the new Eastbourne captain, is someone that has played higher, won the National League with Barrow. Um, and yeah, they've added um, some, I would say some exciting players, but for the um, for all the optimism around them, for the seemingly uh, lots of investment in them, uh, and for all the hype, I've not seen the quality coming through the door that I would have expected for a team uh, such big billing. Um, you know, they've brought in a couple of players, Billy Vega from Arsenal on loan, Alfie Bridgman, formerly of Portsmouth, um, Yasser Kasim, Imran Uche, um, and a couple of players that Mark Beard obviously knows from his time at Dorking in Archie Proctor and Daniel Quick, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be in and around the top seven. Uh, whether they get into the top seven yet, um, I'm not so sure. I think people see it as Mark Beard's won the league before. That for, therefore means that they're going to get in the top seven. Um, I don't think it will be as clear cut as that. Yeah, so it's an interesting one with Maidstone. Um, obviously, they've gone with George Ellicobi as their manager. Um, there were slight improvements at the back end of last season. Obviously, they've seen it enough. Perhaps maybe maybe forced by budget a little bit um, to to go with him uh, for this season, um, but it'd be interesting to see how he copes. Um, still very very early days in management. He's got a clear way of trying to recruit this summer. He's trying to put together uh, an exciting, attacking, powerful side. Um, there's a couple of players that he's brought in that I think will will do that. Razak Coleman de Graff, player that I've looked at in my uh, National League uh, pieces, uh, someone that I think will excite. Um, and she as a Nolan at left back uh, was really good for Welling last season. Uh, a player I expected to be in the National League, to be honest. Uh, so for him to uh, to go there is a coup for them. Um, there's a couple of players that I think that stayed with them that could also be good. Sol Wanju Smith, we never really got the chance to see him last season in the National League because he had injuries. Uh, he excited last time he was with uh, Hungerford in the National League South. Um, and yeah, I think it's an interesting balance between, I think there'll be a very good attacking side, very exciting, very powerful. Um, whether that translates into a proper push for the top seven, uh, I think we'll uh, have to wait and see. All right, Dickie, we've looked at the top five in the betting. Who are the next three? Uh, their betting odds will obviously suggest that they should be challenging for the playoffs. Yeah, well, two of them aside, you went close last year um, in the Dartford and Chelmsford City. Dartford, 14 to 1. Uh, Chelmsford, 16s. And then Haven't and Waterlooville uh, at 18 to 1. All right. So from those three then, Joe, how many of those have you got in your top seven? And you're only allowed seven teams in your top seven, not ten. Um, I have got two. Um, I've got two of those in my top seven, uh, Dartford uh, and Chelmsford. Um, I think Dartford are perhaps the one that um, will go closer. Uh, a manager that uh, has obviously got promoted before out of the league in Allen Dowson. We woke in, got to the playoff final last season. Uh, they've added well. Um, Harvey Bradbury is a player that I really like. Um, he came in at the back end of last season and he's signed permanently from Dorchester Town. Uh, he's come in and, and has played under 
Dowson before elsewhere. Um, they've added uh, a couple of other players that I really like. Paul Rooney uh, is one that uh, was in the division last season with Haventon Waterlooville. Uh, there's high hopes for him and the fact they've managed to keep hold of Maxwell Statham uh, should be uh, a bonus. He's one of the best players in the division uh, on his day. Um, also look at a couple other players. Um, Brandon Barzi is uh, one that uh, one, uh, national uh, Tom from uh, from Hampton and Richmond will know. I think he was there last season. Uh, he's really impressed in pre-season. Uh, really exciting and there's also high hopes for youngster Sam Adaldu um, and I think there is a couple of players that obviously they'll have to do without Sammy Carruthers who funny enough has gone to Chelmsford this summer that we'll come on to uh, he was one of the best players in the division last term he's left and they've also lost Tom Bonner you know what will Dartford look like in the National League South without him uh, he's stepped aside from football Um Albeit they have replaced him well with uh, arguably the best defender in the National League South last season, Embarrass out in top, who's joined from Braintree. Um, so, yeah, I expect them to uh, to be the best of those three teams. Chelmsford, uh, another team in my top seven. Um, I was really impressed with them last season. Obviously, Robbie Simpson, a young coach still, but he's doing really, really good work there. Um, obviously, Rob, you, you know, one of their one of their key men in Dave Winfield. He was a rock at the back last season. Um, and another shots connection in Mo Betema up front this season for them. Uh, he should provide some goals. Uh, they've added really well in midfield. Um, that's where I think they've really excited. They've brought in Sammy Carruthers, obviously we talked about, that's left Dartford. They've also brought in Charlie Ruff that went to Haven and Waterlooville. That leads us quite nicely into to Haven and Waterlooville. But he signed, uh, returned to the club. Um, Looking at terrific player, players. terrific player, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, obviously having having tried his hand at, at one level higher, um, he's come back to where he knows he's loved and wanted. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think he'll be even better this time around. Um, and you know, some of the other players they brought in, Anthony Wordsworth, lots of experience. Um, Adam Mills, um, a lot of players from Leiston. Is it Leiston or Leiston? Leiston, I think that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Leiston. Um, they've lost a lot of players this summer and Adam Mills is one of those that really excited uh, and they've also added Josh Castiglione from Hemel Hempstead um, who's a, a tricky all-rounder uh, and uh, like his name yeah yes. <laughs> tricky all-rounder like um, and uh, yeah that leads me quite nicely on to Haven and Waterlooville who last season um, and it's actually my first line in my pre-season pre or my preview for them was last season was a mess. Um, you know, they lost, uh, well, they had Paul Doswell. They then got rid of him, brought him back. And then eventually he stepped aside. Um, Jamie Collins has taken the reins there now, a young uh, manager that's obviously worked under uh, Paul Doswell uh, as a player. Um, they've added well. Um, they've brought in Kai Innocent, um, who did really well a couple of seasons ago for, for uh, Eastbourne. Uh, really, really good player. Um, they've also brought in Joe McNerney, a player from Woking that uh, should be uh, quite experienced at the back for them. Um, they've obviously managed to keep a couple of really good players. Mo Fowl is uh, usually a safe bet for goals. He should do the same again this season, as is James Roberts, while they've also managed to bring in Tom Blair, who did really well. We talked about last season, Akeem Rose and... Uh, 
and Brad Ash for Weymouth. And we, we didn't perhaps talk about Tom Blair, who is pretty much the support act, giving them the service. Uh, he did really well uh, last season. He should be a good player. Um, and uh, yeah, it's interesting to... It's difficult to judge them because we only saw Jamie Collins very infrequently at the back end of last season. Um, on paper, he's added well. Um, they've got a couple of players that know the division inside out, the likes of Joe Oslo and, and Jake McCarthy. Um, but there's a couple of their signings who I'm not sold on, um, but and they're outside my my playoffs. They certainly seem to have plenty of men in that side. A lot of people who've uh, who've, who've been at this level for a while. So we'll see how they go having a Waterlooville. Okay, put us out of our misery and put the listeners out of their misery. Joe, which two other clubs have you put the absolute mockers on to finish in the top seven? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the other two teams that I've gone for, um, one of them is St Albans, and they were the one team I was really not sure on. Um, you know, to and fro, whether to put them in the top seven. I have, um, and... I think mainly the reason is that they've kept Sean Jeffers. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's probably the deciding factor. Um, he always scores goals at this level. Um, not completely sold on David Noble yet. Um, he, I wouldn't say cut a frustrated figure at last season. Um, he cut a rather um, awkward figure. Uh, I don't think he's the most uh, personable, um, shall we say. Um, but they've also added Gio Rizrolo, someone that we talked about in the National League North section that arrives from Banbury, uh, a really, really good player. Um, and whilst he actually struggled last season at Torquay, they have added Ben Wyatt. Uh, he returns to the club uh, as a, a National League winner with Sutton um, and for that level should be really good. He's, uh, he's got real good technical quality and at a lower level that should allow it to uh, to flourish. Uh, and that brings me on to my my pick of who I think will get in the top seven. I'm going to guess it's Worthing. It is Worthing. Yeah. Um, and Worthing, I think, will probably be the closest pusher to uh, the top two. Uh, I have got Worthing third in my predictions. Um, I really like Adam Hinchelwood. Fantastic manager, fantastic coach. Um, and they've added really smartly this summer. Uh, Nick Wheeler from, uh, or Nicky Wheeler from Dorking, uh, obviously won the division before. Juan Luca from Maidstone, player that we didn't really manage to see last season as well for Maidstone. He was the best player in the division last time he was here. Um, they've lost Harrison Mayle, uh, but they have brought in uh, another goalkeeper who arrives from Brentford B team uh, for whom there is high hopes. And uh, they've also uh, got another player that returns from injury that I actually think will add real value to him in Jake Robinson. Oh, uh, yes. Usually, we love uh, Jake. He's, he loves us as well, or he used to. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, really, really good player, uh, Jake. And uh, he's usually another safe bet for goals. Um and uh, yeah, I, I just think Worthing are a really um, attractive side. They play lovely football. They've added really well. And one of my perhaps criticisms of them last season was they didn't have enough experience at this level. Well, they've added people that have got promoted from this level before. And uh, funny enough, they'll actually be the first team that I see Torquay play this season, going to watch them Torquay versus Worthing. Uh, Torquay's, uh, I think it's their first home game in a couple of weeks seeing them play. So, uh, yeah, that rounds off my top seven. 
let's flip things round. Um, we're not attacking the clubs in any particular order in this division. Obviously, we've looked at the, the top end. Um, what are the odds saying in terms of the outsiders? I suspect it's going to include one or two of those newcomers to this division. So uh, who are kind of bottom four or five in terms of the odds uh, and expected to struggle? There's actually a group of four. Nobody, nobody in the south um, is is as is as a longer price as they were in the north. But you've got four teams rated eighty to one for the title: uh, Averley, Chippenham Town, um, which you might think a bit of a surprise, but then we know that they've lost a lot of players. Dover and Taunton Town. So those four are, by virtue of the fact that the longest odds of the title are are by um, deduction the relegation favourites for the division. Well, I've got to flip the obvious question back to you, Joe. Do you concur with the bookies? I know we've spoken off air, um, and I suspect definitely one, maybe at least two of those four you've got in your bottom four, haven't you? Yeah, um, I have got Avely. You know, when a team comes up, you never want to put them in there. Um, and as we've talked about, no one ever likes to predict the relegated sides, but I think they will struggle. I mean, there's so much quality in the league now. Um, and I think they will be down there. Um, I think they will find it hard. Uh, and they'll, and they'll be they'll they'll be written off like we just used to write off Tunbridge Angels. We'd go, well, they're batting way above their height, aren't they? You know, and and yet they're still here, and they were challenging at the other end of the table last season. So welcome to Avely. Good luck to Avely. Um, Dover eighty to one says an awful lot about the downward spiral of that club, Joe, doesn't it? Yeah, and they are 24th, actually, in my predictions. Um, I think, I don't want to be too harsh here, but I think as much of a car crash of a pre-season as you could have had, Dover have had that and worse. Um, it has been an absolute shambles from start to finish. They've, they, they, um, they've announced a couple of players, haven't they, that have signed, and I don't know whether they've got ahead of themselves or the dirty's been done, but... Uh... Those players have ultimately ended up elsewhere, right? Yeah, um, they've brought in a couple of players. Miles um, Judd uh, is one of those that uh, then went and signed for Hamill Hempstead. Um, and Adi Shakumbi that went to Dulwich uh, with Hakin Hayretin, uh, another one that they announced that then left. Um, and they've not they've got through not one, but they've got through two assistant managers already. Um, and they've also, uh, prior to that, uh, announced the departure of Ricky Holmes, uh, who returns to Farnborough as a player. Um, he has also left the club. A phrase that I'll come back to yet again in terms of leadership group, um, and I don't see that at, Dor uh, at Dover. Um, you know, the, it's a very young team, and... You know, there's there's one or two players that they have signed that I do I do like. Uh, Iffy Allen um, is more than just Iffy. Um, he's got uh, real speed, uh, and on his day he can be a real threat. Uh, and someone that uh, a good friend of our podcast, uh, Scott Davis, speaks so highly of, and that's Imran Kayani, uh, someone that left Slough and should be a, a good focal point for them up front. Uh, but apart from that, I think they are struggling. Um, you know, very inexperienced, lacking goals, um, cohesion, basically everything uh, you need, mm. really. Um, and, uh, and of those other two teams that are 80 to one shots, who do you think has got the, the better chance of, of still being in the National League South 
come the beginning of next season out of Taunton and Chippenham? It's a tough one uh, because I really hope Taunton stay up. Uh, big fans of them, big fans of Rob Dre uh, and Liga Lucas uh, there, who's one of the best midfielders in the division, technically, in my opinion. Um, their problem last season was they were really good defensively, struggled to score goals. Um, and, you know, they've brought in a striker who was at a team who were pretty good defensively, but couldn't score goals in Malachi Linton. He arrives from local rivals, Yeovil. Um, I actually think he's a really good striker. And I think if we'd had Chris Hargreaves on now, uh, he'd have probably said the same uh, player that he's signed. Uh, and I think he is a really good player if he can add a little bit more finesse to his game. Uh, and they'll, they'll certainly be hoping uh, that they can uh, get that out of him. Um the, the one real departure was Jack Bycroft. He's, uh, he was brilliant last season on over from Southampton uh, and they've replaced him with a, a former Torquay man in Dan Lavercombe who was at AFC United of Manchester last season. Uh, he signs from Taunton Town. He's a Torquay lad, went to my school, went to grammar school and uh, yeah, he's a really, really good goalkeeper. Um, but apart from that, they've not added a great deal uh, and I think that could be the worry. Chippenham, uh, they've lost a lot of players. I think Gloucester have come with their their wheelbarrow and uh, wheeled a couple off to Gloucester. And uh, I think they're going to struggle uh, to replace them. They have brought in one or two that I like. Tyreek Johnson, uh, he's paid higher, was at Woking. Uh, and Tom Owen Evans was at Kidderminster, was promoted with them last season. Didn't really see the best of him, but he's one that Dickie will have uh, seen lighting up the National League North, no doubt, uh, before. Um and, you know, could we see a tuna and Matt McClure that we didn't really see at times last season? Um, so, uh, yeah, I think both of them will struggle. Um, I think if I had to pick one that I think will probably go, it's Taunton. Oh, OK. Right. We've got about seven minutes or so left, Joe. I'm going to group the others together for you. Um, we're going to go with the Bs next. I want just one minute on each, on, 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 on both these teams, Bath and Braintree. Uh, Bath kept a really good core of their squad, did all of their business virtually on the back, uh, right after the end of the season, uh, not added a great deal. Uh, they'll be hoping that Cody Cook, who I know turned down offers from other National League South sides, he scores lots of goals. As I say, not added a great deal. Uh, but I've got a good core there, and I think it will just be adding uh, one or two players around that. Um, I don't think they'll trouble the top seven. Um, and Braintree, a good season Braintree, last season, didn't they? Yeah, good season last season. Uh, they've lost one or two players, as you would expect for a team that perhaps don't have the uh, weight of finances that other teams do to keep them. Barris Elton top the most noticeable one of those that has gone. Uh, but they have added goals. Um, Will Davis from Leyston, another one that's come from Leyston, and another one that I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, uh, in Namdi Nowachku from AFC Sudbury. <laughs> Uh, he scored goals and more goals last season than uh, after losing Alvy Payton. The top to scorer in the top seven divisions of English football. Uh, and I met him at the uh, National Game Awards. Yeah, and well done because I wouldn't have had a go at his name. <laughs> so, yeah, he should be uh, really good for them. Uh, lots of goals there after they lost Alvy Pavey to Farnborough. Um, and I really like Angelo Harrop. He does a really good job. Uh, and while I think they'll be good, and they'll be, you know, fairly safe 
I don't think they'll trouble the top seven and I have actually got them in mid-table, which I still say for the budget they've got is good. All right. Another pair of teams, both beginning with H. Our uh, old uh, podcast member, Tom Lang, will be looking forward surely to a better season at Hampton Richmond. What about the chances of them and Hemel Hempstead? Uh, yeah, well, Hampton and Richmond obviously got good investment um, and that's allowed them to bring in a couple of really, really good players. Uh, one of those is uh, Mason Bloomfield, obviously a player that you will know, Rob, that uh, mm. was at Farnborough, a uh, really good player um, and also a player that um, I know uh, fairly well uh, down in the southwest, and that's Ben Seymour. Uh, that's uh, arrived from Plymouth Parkway that manager Mel Gwinnett actually coached in uh, the youth for Exeter. Uh, there's high hopes for him. Um, I'm not even going to pronounce or try to pronounce the uh, the Georgian signing that they've brought in that's got more vowels in than the, probably the alphabet. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they've uh, also added Jordan Cheadle, who I believe comes from Dorking, uh, obviously having won. He certainly, he certainly does. Yeah. Uh, before. Um, they've got a really good core. You know, I just look at the players that they've kept. Alan Julian, Rory Donaldson, Dean Inman, Alfie Whittingham, a player that obviously you know, Rob, Jake Gray. Mm. Good players. But for the for the investment that they've had, I would have expected a little bit better in incomings, uh, I have to say. Mm. Obviously, I do like Bloomfield, but uh, I think that they will just pull up short on the, the top seven. As for Hamilton... Hmm. Hemel, yeah, um, I think they probably will struggle this season. They've lost a couple of players. Josh Caglistoni, that we talked about earlier in the piece, has gone to uh, Chelmsford. Um, they've got Jordan Greenidge back. He was at Tombridge at the back end of last season. Uh, he returns and they'll be hoping he can uh, find his way again. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got a couple of players that you would imagine would be amongst the best in their position in the division. Craig King, the most noticeable one of them, the goalkeeper from Dartford. Um, but I think they'll be uh, down near the bottom. So we move on from the H's to the T's. A couple of underdogs, Joe, Tunbridge and Truro. How are they going to fare this year? Um, well, I think if you were to say to the fans of one of those teams that they're underdogs, then they would probably be a little bit disappointed because I think they will have loftier ambitions and that's Tombridge. Uh, really good manager there in Jay Saunders. Uh, and they've added a couple of really, really good players. Um, another uh, ex-shots man in Cody Lyons-Foster. Um, a good defender to uh, replace the outgoing Alex Finney, who only actually signed in the start of the summer. Uh, another player that's uh, already signed for two teams. Uh, he has gone. Um, and, uh, yeah, I imagine didn't, they'll be... Obviously didn't fancy playing with Cody again. I don't know why that was. <laughs> no, um, good luck so... to Alex Finney. Where's uh, Where's Finney ended up? He's gone to Eastbourne. Of course he has. I saw him play. I was just going to say, I thought I saw him play a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think they'll be uh, in and around the top seven. Yeah, I think Truro will be looking to uh, take advantage of the opportunity where, you know, they're on upon their return, uh, obviously been in the league before and finally back in the division. Uh, they've got a couple of players that were with them last time they were there. Uh, they've added, well, since uh, Tyler Harvey's usually a safe bet for goals. They've added uh, James Mohaldo from Salford uh, and Biddy Palfrey, a uh, really good player from Plymouth Park, where if he can shake off his uh, injury worries. Good stuff. 
Now, we're going to deliberately leave one team till last. It's because whatever Joe says they're going to do, they do the opposite. Uh, and we also want to see if Scott Davis listens to this podcast and listens all the way to the end. <laughs> uh, but prior to Slough, Joe, three W's, Welling, Western, Supermare and Weymouth. What have you got for them? Uh, not a lot in the way of optimism. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Um, obviously, Welling were a team who we looked at last season, uh, weren't overly enamoured with. Uh, obviously, they've got rid of Warren Feeney now. They've brought in a very good manager and Danny Blur. Obviously, did really well at Eastbourne. Um, their squad is uh, probably the youngest in the division. Uh, very, very young. Lots of academy players come through. I think they will struggle. And the only reason I've got them to avoid the drop is because I think Danny Blur will improve the youngsters they've got and get them playing. Western Supermare, uh, another team that have lost their assistant manager this summer in Scott Laird. Uh, obviously, lots of EFL experience. He has departed the club. Uh, they've brought in uh, Rogers from Tiverton Town, uh, who obviously won't be doing the playing side as well, like Scott Laird, but he uh, he will come in as the new assistant manager. Got a couple of players that are really, really good. Uh, Dale Grubb uh, is a name that will uh, everybody will know. Uh, he should be really, really good. And I cannot talk about Western Supermare if I don't talk about my favourite player in the whole of the National League South, and that's Lloyd Humphreys. Uh, without doubt, the best midfielder in the division for me. Uh, and uh, I think he may well be key to their chances of staying in the division. Uh, they haven't added a great deal, but uh, there's a couple in there that they have uh, added in. Uh, Opie Edwards, formerly a Torquay, won the division with them. Uh, and while they haven't added him, I think retaining Ruben Reed uh, will uh, be key uh, for them. Uh, and that finally brings us on to Weymouth, um, who have lost quite a lot of their team. Uh, Brad Ash has gone to Torquay. Akeem Rose has gone to Air United in Scotland, so they'll have to... Put, uh, so that's the goals. That's the goals gone. Yeah. Um. So they'll have to uh, feed the bear. Tom Bearish. Uh. He takes on the captain's armband, and uh, he's looked good in pre-season. Uh. And there's also high hopes for Brandon Goodship. Uh. That. Uh, you know they'll be hoping that ship hasn't sailed in terms of scoring goals. Very good. Uh, and just can I just add one as well? All the very best to Josh McCoy, who's gone back to Weymouth, who. Uh, um, suffered with uh, illness and suffered in silence and uh, didn't even tell people until uh, after the season was over. But uh, Josh, uh, we wish you well back down at Wayne. Yeah, and uh, I think he will still be, you know, if he can keep fit, I think he'll be one of the best players in that league, potentially, on his day. Um, and there's, uh, you know, I think it's a fairly young squad. That's probably the only concern I do have. Uh, but they have got a manager in Bobby Wilkinson, uh, who has uh, obviously got into the playoffs before. Good stuff. And finally, then, just to put Scott Davies out of his misery, he'll have been doing a lot of tinkering, a lot of planning and everything, but he won't know how Slough Town are going to get on until you predict it now. They're going to win the league? No. Um, they're going to... Uh, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, I think... Um, I, I said that they were going to be one of the dark horses last season. Um, and I don't want to say they will be again this season, but I think they will trouble the top seven. Um, you know, Scott Davis is still a very inexperienced manager, but he has already shown that he's a really good recruiter. 
players he's brought in has really, really impressed me. Uh, he's ransacked Bracknell Town, uh, brought in virtually all of their attack and their captain as well. Uh, Dan Bayliss at the back is a really, really good player. Uh, and they've also brought in Gary Abisogan um, and Mikel Platt, who did really well for Bracknell. Um, and Nathan Minas is a player that's uh, been a regular on the score sheets at lower level and he can hopefully step up. Um, there's a couple of players that have done really well in this league before, the likes of Manish Sandir that was at Kings Lynn and St Albans uh, and a player that uh, has moved across from Bishop Stork but in Johnny Giles. Uh, I think he will uh, be really, really good. And uh, one player that I think could be one of the ones to watch in Gene Mel Prosper. Hopefully uh, he will prosper. <laughs> Yeah, he steps up from Cheshire United. Uh, he, a right back, turn midfielder. He scored nearly twenty goals last season, uh, which is mental for a player that's uh, sort of just between the two. Uh, but I think he is a really good player. And then you've obviously got the the old guard that have been there, seen it, done it in the National League South. The likes of Josh Jackman, uh, Josh Jackman, Matt Lynch, Elliot Benyon, Johnny Goddard, and of course Scott Davis. Um, and yeah, I think they've added in positions they've needed to. Goals was the problem last year and they've added those. And um, yeah, who's to say that they uh, they can't be a, a good top half side? Yeah, so you said they, you think they'll threaten the top seven. You don't necessarily think they'll finish in it. Thank you very much indeed, Joe. What a phenomenal insight you've got across so many divisions. And I know on your blog you cover the EFL as well. I don't know how you do it because... I, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's my pride and I, I take care of knowing everything that's going on in the National League. I keep a bit of a loose eye on the other divisions, but fair play to you. And if you want to see more of Joe's stuff, uh, what is it? Off the Line Blog, yeah? Yeah, Off the Line Blog on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we will bring you the National League Day on Thursday. All of our uh, predictions, National League and the two uh, National League South and North. Good stuff. And and if you want to see our resident North expert, Dickie, you need to buy what paper is it, Dickie? Um, it'll be, you have to read the Shropshire Star or the non-league yes. paper if you want to see what I'm doing this year. Exactly. The non-league paper reporter for Telford and the Shropshire Star. Or you can just tune in and listen to him every week here. Occasionally, we'll give these boys a rest. We'll probably hear from uh, Tom Lang at Hampton and Richmond and, and perhaps occasionally Ben Parks at Chelmsford. And I know that uh, Dickie, you'll, uh, you'll draft in uh, or between you guys, you'll draft in probably Christian, won't you from Boston and one or two other, um, you know, solid gold national league, North and South experts. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for joining us guys. Listeners. We hope you've enjoyed these season preview um we'll probably not listen back to it in nine months time and see how we did but we will have documented everybody's predictions we'll put some points against it against it and we'll have a damn good laugh at how good or how poor we were at the end of the season that's it for our north and south preview as mentioned earlier the national league preview is available on a separate podcast uh give us a follow give us a like so we can uh, automatically send our podcast to you each week we will be beavering away uh, hard at it all throughout the season have a great start to the season listeners join us again soon and Luke play that theme tune